think is going to be an amazing and awesome episode for Awkward Insurance. Ash, last year, Awkward Insurance reported a couple episodes on dyslexia and ADHD, and we learned that those really resonated with our high school students and teachers that participate in the National Alliance CISR high school programs. Some business professionals provided us some awesome feedback, but the feedback that touched me and that got me the most was when I got one from a parent of a child who was struggling with one of the disorders that we talked about in those two episodes. Because I know as a parent, when we get a diagnosis for our child, the first thing we do is ignore all medical advice and reassurances that everything's gonna be okay. We go out to the internet and we search everything we can and we learn that this disorder is going to set our child up for failure and possibly wind them up in jail somehow. So it's just kind of what happens. So when they hear that they are not alone, that you can actually grow up to be successful with these disorders with the right help and the right acknowledgement, I think it just really resonates with them and helps them calm their fears and their nerves and their anxieties. Natalie Russell was one guest uh, that we had to talk about being successful with dyslexia. And then our former co-host, Kateriah Ferris, she and I discussed her process with ADHD. Each episode was so informative and raw as they shared their experiences. And I have to admit that I actually hid a little bit and didn't share at the time that I too have ADHD. Ash, you then did an episode with Meg McKean on Bound and Determined about your personal struggles with ulcerative colitis. Did you happen to get any feedback on your episode? I did. And the feedback was, first of all, I was never anticipating any feedback from it, but the feedback that I got was incredible. And I just actually went and screenshotted one right now, just in case you wanted specifics on it. And I'm getting choked up again, thinking about it. And it's just the outpouring of, I don't like, I guess, empathy and, and gratitude for speaking about the shitty situation, pun intended, um, (laughs) was just incredible. And I mean, I have never been afraid to talk about it. Like at this point in my life, having ulcerative colitis and what I've had to go through and being 34 and having had multiple colonoscopies by now where I made lots of people uncomfortable with comments. Like usually I get dinner before these kinds of things. Um, Oh gosh. It's like, I'm not afraid to talk about it. I just assumed like people don't want to know about it. And it turns out there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with it or have a family member struggling with that or other certain situations. And they were just super grateful that somebody could talk about it in a humorous way, I guess. Yeah. How long have you known you've had ulcerative colitis? Like, when did you get that first diagnosis? I was diagnosed in August of 2018. What I will say is that it hindsight's always 2020. I, I thought what was happening prior to that was normal. And then it just started getting like, mm-hmm. there was like one or two things. And I'm like, this this definitely isn't normal. But um, I, I think that the signs had been there for quite a while prior. And I just thought it was typical, like whatever I... IBS or IBD, whatever the lesser of the two is with those. Yeah. That's really interesting that you say this, that you thought that what was prior to that was normal. I struggle with a reproductive disorder that I had always thought was the symptoms of it's normal. Everybody has cramps. Every woman has cramps. And I was just recently diagnosed with adenomyosis um, like a week or two ago. And I've struggled with that. And I think one of the things that I struggled with was how I, I don't want to say lied to myself, but believed that it was normal. So I consistently dismissed every symptom that I had, all the pain that I had, all the struggles that I had, 
going on. So when you said that you felt like everything was normal before that, there's no telling how long you had lived with that, but you you were able to compartmentalize it and put it away. I'm sorry about that, that you, you know, kind of did the same thing that I, it's kind of a harsh reality when you come to terms with you lied to yourself instead of getting yourself the help that you need. Hey, it's all good. And, and I mean, I don't, I definitely don't talk about it to have people feel bad or anything like that. I mean, we're friends. I know what you mean by when you say I'm sorry, but it's just, I, I more wanted to talk about it from the aspect of, Hey, I don't look sick, but it's a takes an emotional toll yeah. on me when I have to say, sorry, guys, I can't come to this. I have to cancel these plans. I have to last minute do that. Like that doesn't work for my type A personality. I hate canceling mm-hmm. things last minute. Yeah. And I just had a Friday. I was laid out. I had to cancel my hair appointment and my volunteering on Saturday morning. And I tried to do it early enough in advance to get it covered and make sure like, you know, the person could fill that spot for my hair appointment. But I felt guilty which ironically then makes my stomach hurt more because stress is a factor when you're already in a flare. So it's like a vicious circle, but it's all good. I'm working on it. We'll figure it out. I can already see a follow-up podcast on this particular subject where we talk about being a business professional with the, with the hidden diagnoses that we have when you can't see the illness. But let's get off of that for just a minute. I'm really happy that we did touch on that. But here's the thing. I think these types of episodes really resonate with people because naturally we need to connect. And post-2020, we're not going to talk about that, but post-2020 when more people are remote than ever before, or even when we're not remote, sometimes we just internalize things and we ignore it and we don't tell others about it. And we think that we are the only, that is the most astounding thing, to be honest with you. And we'll, I'll eventually like actually introduce you, Taylor. But I think one thing that happens is that we, it, what the, one thing that astounds me is that when you start talking to other people or say that you are affected by something, a flood of people will start going, oh, me too. And they'll tell their story and they'll, they'll literally say, I thought I was the only one. It blows my mind how there are billions trillions maybe of people on this earth and we constantly tell ourselves that we are the only one affected by whatever it is whether it's any kind of mental illness or maybe we're just having a bad day or it's a struggle with a boss or it's a struggle with you know some medical situation it's a struggle with children and parenting or whatever we constantly feel alone so i think that's why these episodes really resonate that's one of the core reasons why I do the podcast is because I just, I don't want to feel alone and I don't want other people to feel alone, which is why we invited, here's the introduction, which is why we invited Taylor Garcia back to the podcast after doing his episode about marketing and all that was perfectly awesome and great. He dropped a little nugget in there that he struggles with stuttering. And I would have, honestly, I would have never even heard it had he not said it. So welcome back to Awkward Insurance, Taylor. We are so excited to have you here to talk about this important topic that just drives who you are in your life and your experiences. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get out of like the, the heavy stuff for a second. Tell us about stuttering. Yeah, I mean, I think as a whole, like stuttering, I mean, it can come in so many different, like I've seen so many different people struggling with it in different ways. Some are more extreme, some are, you know, maybe it's just certain words. And then there was people like I was in a class with that couldn't even say a sentence without every word being a stutter. Um, I was- You were in a class. So there was like a class for- 
this particular disability or it was yeah it was within my school so in elementary school I really struggled with it so my parents put me in this speech therapy class that the school was offering there was maybe me and like three other kids it was very small and you asked the elementary school kid in me it was not very helpful but maybe it maybe it maybe it was but you know it we was we never think things are helpful <laughs> when we're kids like right <laughs> a good point good point but you know but it was a lot of basics kate taylor say apple and i was like and i really struggled because i was like guys i could say the word like come on like it's not that you know and so but yeah i was in there and i saw a lot of kids like they couldn't say that and i still could but when I started going with a sentence and I started like having conversation, that's kind of when it came out. And I just kind of found like where it triggered more and where it didn't. And I just tried to really have to learn like, OK, I can't get too excited and talk too fast. Or if I get angry or upset, like I can't like it comes out or certain words. And I, I just over the years, I started to just take out words out of my vocabulary that I just knew that I just literally can't say. What are some of those words that you knew you couldn't say? <laughs> Not that I'm trying to get you no, to say no. them. I'm so sorry. That was yeah. like, okay. No, it's awkward. okay. <laughs> <Ashley> <laughs> like, Dustin. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's totally fine. So like, unfortunately, one of them is my name. Oh, wow. I stutter. It's funny because when I say it, like when I'm talking about me stuttering my name and I say my name, it'll be fine. But in a casual conversation, like one thing I've always laughed about was like, if I answer the phone, right? The phone rings. I can't just pick it up and be like, Hey, this is Taylor. Well, see now I can, but like <laughs> normally I, I can't say it that way. I, I have to say a certain sentence and then put in my name. So like, I'd be like, this is t t Taylor. Right? So I learned, okay, if I'm at the office, I'll say Jackson, Jackson insurance, Taylor speaking. And I could say it that way. And I wouldn't stutter, but I had to say the full sentence and put my name in a specific area of the sentence to where it didn't. So I don't stutter. And I've made this into like a formula, I swear. And some people laugh because they're like, you're kind of beating around the bush to get to what you're asking for. I'm like, well, there's a reason. <laughs> like, you know, like, for instance, when I was a kid, like I'd go to a restaurant and I wanted to order a Dr. Pepper. That's another word I can never say. So like I if the waitress asked what I wanted, I couldn't just blurt it out. Like it would take me a good five, 10 seconds to say the word. So I'd always be like, um, do you guys have Mr. Pib or do you have Dr. Pepper? And then they'd say Dr. Pepper. And I'd say, OK, that. And then, so I had to like, like my whole family's, my whole family's like, you know, they don't have Mr. Pib. Like, why? I'm like, well, that's the way I could say it without going doc, 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 Dr. Pepper, you know? And so I just, over the years, I just had to figure out words. And now my wife kind of knows and she could see like when I'm kind of like going around, I'm using my fingers, like as if everyone could see me, but like going around words to get to what I'm trying to say, you know, versus like just bearing bearing through it you know and sometimes i just have to because there's no way around it but you know it's very it's less common now than it was when i was a kid it it has gotten a lot better it's so interesting and and this is obviously um a subject that i am not super familiar with at all like i don't i don't really know a lot about it other than what i think the basics people would know so i apologize if this is a very basic question but you said so you said when you get really excited and you have to like slow yourself down which I get that. Mm -hmm. And when you get angry, what about what about if you are nervous? Does it kick in that? Like, is that are those two like the main scenarios that it typically happens or do nerves have to do with it? Oh, yeah. I think nerves are definitely a part of it as well. I mean, it, it can be I think it's really for me, it's like any real emotion, you know, like 
it's weird to say. I mean, and then actually that then I go and say it could be in a casual conversation. It comes out, too. So maybe it's just all the time. But, you know, but yeah, there is like, for instance, I just did a my first I wouldn't say public speaking event, but I stood in front of like a hundred hundred realtors last week and I introduced our agency and who we are and who I am and stuff. And that was really the first time I've got in front of like a decent sized crowd and spoke. I don't do that. And I want to, but I just never have. And I, I filmed myself because I wanted to hear it back as like just to judge myself on how I did. And it came out a lot. I could tell because I was I was nervous. You know, I was like, oh, hey, guys, um, <laughs> you know, that's really unique that you found a way to create a speaking formula for yourself. Did you now did you learn it in your speech classes that you thought weren't helpful <laughs> or did you learn that on your own? I totally just learned that on my own. As over the years, I found certain words I couldn't say, like in insurance. One of the most common words I probably use a lot is deductible. Can't see, I could say it now just fine. But I stutter that word every single time. And it's like, oh gosh, it's so painful when I'm on the phone. And I think what you're saying, like in business, like when I'm presenting to these, like what I found is early on in insurance was a lot of people would call me out and be like, hey, you're stuttering. Like, you know, are you nervous? Or like, you know, and some of the business owners and stuff I was presenting policies to, like they would straight up ask me, like, is this, is this your first time? You know, or, and I was, and. Oh, talk about rude. Damn. Oh yeah. I'd be like, no, is it yours? <laughs> <laughs> but I, so then I finally just would tell him, like, I'd make it kind of a joke. And I'd just be like, like, hey guys, I'm not nervous. I, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for years now. I just have a stuttering issue. So bear with, bear with me. Right. Do you feel like that's, uh... I don't know. I mean, I get why it's necessary because then it opens people's awareness a little bit. But I also feel like people who on the daily deal with this, you shouldn't have to explain yourself every daggone day. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. And I don't think I have to, but I, I think I was already coming in talking to older business owners. I was pretty young and it did. It looked like I came off very nervous when I'm presenting a policy because I'm stuttering like half throughout half of it. And so I just wanted them to know, like, this isn't me not knowing what I'm talking about, or this wasn't me just winging this. And this is why I'm stuttering. Like, I just, I don't know. I just did it. And a few times out of those times I had mentioned it, it opened up more doors and it, it actually awesome. got the, gonna ask. yeah. And it got us a little more intimate because then they started asking questions. Like, oh, how long have, have you been doing this? And then one guy was like, my son stutters and it's really tough. And there you go. That's what it, that's what it was leading to. Yeah. It's the connection. Like you just went beyond this business transaction to adding a connective piece in there. Right. And he, like, what did I say? Parents, parents are the first one to say their child and they want so badly to connect with somebody sure. to see the future possibility of their children. On top of that, though, like I that resonates with me and I totally understand probably just coming from the different aspect of what I deal with being upfront and being vulnerable with people, because we always say you do business with people, you know, like and trust. And what better way to start to build that trust with somebody than than saying like, hey, this is this is what's going on. And like you said, you like to just get it out of the way in the beginning, as opposed to trying to keep it in and making people think you're nervous or it's your first time. I mean, ha there's so many times that I go out to eat with people, whether it's dinner, lunch, whatever, and we'll be sitting there and they'll be done with their food. And I've taken two bites and they're like, oh, is something wrong? Are you nervous? Like, why don't you want to eat? I'm like, no, I just I want to enjoy our time together. So I'm afraid to eat. I'll eat when I get home and I always take it home and I eat and I'm fine. So it's I get it. It's a lot. Sometimes 
you don't want to overshare, but at the same time, it just makes things easier when you're like, listen, this is why I'm not eating. Everything is fine other than what I'm dealing with, or this is why I'm stuttering. I'm not nervous. I know what I'm doing. Right. And I, I think throughout school that really helped me just, I threw it out there, not, and didn't let the kids make it a thing. I made it a thing. And I think throughout the years of, since I was eight years old to high school, I was always the kind of the one that made it not a joke, but I kind of made like made fun of myself a little bit or like talked about it. And so I allowed I didn't allow the the people that were bullying me to let it get to me because I was like I was laughing with them. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny. Huh? It's weird. I, I know it's dumb. It's stupid. Whatever. I I agreed with them a little bit. And that most of the time it just kind of shut them up. Right. And then they kind of knew like, oh, well, this isn't going to get to him. And then they kind of stopped. And that's why my parents, obviously, as a parent, it was really hard for them because they, they, they knew. I mean, they, they saw it. Right. And there was other things I struggled with as well in school. So that was just not the tip of the iceberg. But I uh, um, yeah, I always threw it out there. And I always like not laughed at not made fun of myself, but I laughed with them about it. And I was just like, I know, man, like I can't even say the freaking word you know, and like, I'd kind of make it a thing. And then they kind of just stopped, you know, now there was a bunch of kids that did it. So I kind of had to go through each one, but, but it, it kind of stopped them. And I think that was a big part of why throughout school, like it didn't affect me like it does some, and I have spoke at different, we have a few locally. Uh, there was one, we, we hired a CSR at one point, her daughter stuttered and we connected very well. She didn't know I did at the time we spoke. And she was in this little community. There was a thing which I didn't even know about in our community. Um, there's like a, you know, a little group within our city that they all got together. And it was adults. It was children. It was of all ages. And they had stuttering from anywhere from there was adults 50 years old that couldn't even say a word, like a sentence, like, mm. you know, and then there was kids that were doing it. And then there was all different. So her daughter was in there and I went and visited and they had me speak. And it was really kind of cool. And I just like talked talk to them all because there was a lot of kids. They were like, yeah, there's a lot of kids that make fun of me at school. And, you know, and, you know, some of them were like eight, nine years old. And I was just like, I know, bud, like it's going to happen, you know, but you, what you got to do is you got to not let it get to you. And it, it's so easy to say than it is like, I know it during mm -hmm. when you're in it, it's really hard. But I just tried to encourage them to be like, you know what? It's OK, because it will get better. I assume there's a lot of people, a lot of people that stutter younger, early, like really bad. And then it gets better over time from what I've seen. Um, I don't know the science on that, but you know, and then I've seen there's some adults that still struggle with it. So I just try to tell the kids, like for me, it did get a little better over time and it's okay. You, you can still do everything you want to do. Just try to not let them bully you or pick on you and just ignore them or laugh with them. Like I, like I did. And it helped, you know, when you laughed with them and it's like, so you said that there were some kids that it kind of just shut it down and you moved on. And then there were others that it didn't. And I think that that probably filters over into adult life. Like those people that didn't stop weren't your people. And you learned that and you avoided them and you moved on. And I think it's going to be this. I'm sure it's the same thing in business. I Like I'm just sitting here. The fact that we even have to have this conversation, that there's people out there that call you out on it and say like, oh, this is your first rodeo or whatever. Like that blows my mind because I've never had that mindset. Um, so right. I think, you know, if people are doing that to you from a business perspective, then that's not a client you want, because why would you want to have a client that is going to act that way? It has nothing to do with insurance, but it has everything to do with how you treat people. 
So, you know, it's probably oh, a sure. good filter as well for like, all right, I definitely don't want you as a client because if you're doing this now, I can only imagine what's going to happen when you are a client and something goes mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. And you would be so surprised because my wife hates it. She gets very angry and I don't. I, it doesn't bother me, but I probably get not made fun of like they're not purposely making funny, but they laugh. Right. Probably weekly still like I go to the grocery store, right? I'm checking out and they ask me something and I stutter on the word and then they start laughing at me or whatever. And I don't know. And my wife gets so angry. Like she's about to like attack the lady across the counter because she's like, how dare you make fun of him for stuttering, you know? But I, and then in my head, I'm thinking of it. I tell my wife, it doesn't bother me. I said, I think they're looking at it as it was a one off thing and I stumbled on my word and I had a brain fart or whatever. Like I don't think they're perp, they're perp, they're purposely saying, Oh, this this guy stutters and I'm gonna laugh at him. I think they probably just thought I had a brain fart, right? But so that's how I think of it. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. And I ignore it. My wife's like, how dare her? She's a 40-year-old lady. She was in her mid, you know, I can't believe she would do that. And I'm like, I know it's but it's if it doesn't bother me, honey, you shouldn't let it bother you, you know. But I get it still like on the regular, whether I'm at the bank, if I'm at the grocery store, like it, it is still very surprising. And I guess over the time, it, I'm just kind of numb to it now. Like it doesn't bother me, but I am still very surprised that people comment on it. Not, you know, but I, I look at it as they don't know, yeah. you know, and maybe if I just educated them a little bit, but I, I don't care that much to like go deeper into it. Like with the lady at the cash register, like, exactly. did you know this is a thing, you know, like, Aww. but <laughs> That's difficult, though, as a wife, but I could already see, like, as a wife, I would probably develop the same type of mom look that I do with my kids when they better stop doing what they're doing, that I'm staring down that cashier and I'm like, you better stop (laughs) right now. This is not okay. Take a second to remind us, since it's been an episode ago, or just in case somebody's jumping into this episode as their very first episode and hasn't listened to Taylor before, what your professional background is to see kind of the journey that you've taken. Yeah. So growing up, I mean, just a quick thing is as up until probably about eight or nine years ago, I was just uh, that average musician that had no money and was traveling the country and doing all that. And then I met my wife and her father-in-law brought me into the agency because we got married and had our first child. And he's like, you need a job because you need money. And um, so I started working at their agency where, you know, a small family owned independent agency here in Southern California. You know, I've been here almost nine years now. We've actually just uh, recently had some breakthroughs at the agency. Uh, we've, we met a crossroads where I was ready to embark on a new journey of like ownership and I wanted that role. Uh, but my in-laws at the time, I felt they weren't quite ready to give up those reins or like take a step back. So uh, we ended up coming to an agreement and we signed an agreement that I will be buying them out in three years. So they have officially stepped back. I am in charge now and I am running it. They, I kind of switched from just the producer role to management and leader. A whole different mindset, isn't it? Oh, yes. I just just got goosebumps. (laughs) That's so exciting. Yeah, I am too. And I was really excited. And it was a couple of really hard conversations to have with them, you know, because we're family. So it was like, we have to try to separate the family and the business, right? But it was all good and they were very opened about it, you know, and they and they laughed at the end. They go, we've been waiting for you to tell us this. We've been waiting for you because we didn't think you were ready until you did come into us and say, it's it's my turn, you know. And so, yeah, we ended up doing it and we're really excited. And my father-in-law is really excited to have me do it. And he's like, I just want to see it from the outside, what you turn this into. And so 
yeah, so I am transitioning out now and or we're transition transitioning roles now and it's been great. So now I'm kind of focused on growing the team and you know, growing the agency in a little more of a different direction, but um yeah, we do it all. I mean, we do commercial, personal lines, life and health. So we've been kind of hiring for each different role in in the agency. And yeah, it's been it's been a wild last couple, like I'd say like a month. It's been a pretty crazy time I was going to ask, like <laughs> we just talked to you a couple of weeks ago. It sounds like this has all happened in between that time or you were just keeping really good secrets. <laughs> no, this literally all just happened within like the last like month or so. Because, awesome. you know, a, a lot of it was just in me i was buried in and i i you know and i was of course i'd go home and just rent to my wife and she's like then do something about it you know and so i ended up okay i'll mention it and we'll see where it goes from there and they were very thankful that i did and they were really i adore your wife i'm the same type of wife (laughs) i'm like stop coming home and griping i want to use a different word griping to me about it and do something about it (laughs) yeah and she pushed me and she goes i don't care what you do just Whatever you want to do, you know, and just stop griping yeah. to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Because she works also here, and she's like, I don't want to talk insurance outside of the office as well as being at the office all day. So, you know, she's not like she's not like me that I'm like literally talk about it in my sleep. So I'm like, she's like, honey, me too. Home. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so do I. Steve and I are constantly talking about it. I don't know if I'd be able to work with somebody in insurance and not be able to talk about it after hours. God bless you. Right? It's really hard. So that's so that's a little bit about the agency. Like I said, we're just a small family-owned agency. We are going to be making some changes, which is exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to where this goes. All right. So I, I've got two points to make. My first point is not a question. It's I think that Taylor is now going to be a, a recurring um guest on our show, because now I want to have another one talk about the transition and the conversations on transitions, because I, I mean, trust me, the hardest thing I ever had to do was say, Hey dad, I'm leaving the agency and moving to Ohio. Like I, that was like, I couldn't get the words out. And so I can only imagine, you know, coming from a scenario where they're your in-laws. I mean, so I I think maybe probably just as hard if not I I would think it's harder to talk to your in-laws because it's not like you're their actual son and saying hey mom and dad I'm taking over so I would love that's going to be another episode but because we're nearing the end (laughs) yeah something that um I think would be great to touch on would be how overcoming stuttering had helped you potentially overcome challenges in the future. Like, you know, you, you learned that you can get through that and how to navigate it. Has it helped you be able to navigate other situations better or overcome other challenges? Absolutely. Because it's so funny because you talk to my dad or you talk to a lot of people growing up, like whatever it was, there was teachers, there was so many people that were, they would tell me flat out, like, and I don't know why they felt they need to say it, but they did. And I remember saying it throughout high school and stuff. We took some career day type like courses and stuff in high school. They would all joke with me like, Taylor, you're never going to get into talk radio or you're never going to get into like public speaking. And like, yeah, it was just so funny. They would always like throw their two cents and like things I couldn't do because of how I talked. Why do we feel like we need to do that to children? I don't know. No, it's not we. I don't have the three of us ever done no. that. No, <laughs> no, exactly. but like I know humans do that so much. My my daughter does not have dyslexia. But when she was in pre-K and kindergarten, she would, oh my God, the ABCs were the hardest thing that child had ever done in her life, right? It was hard for her to pick up the ABCs and teachers that they, she's going to need to repeat because she can't, 
the child is in seventh grade and reads at a college <laughs> level now. So I, why do we have to label so freaking early right. on and tell them? Yeah, no. And there was a lot. Educators should know <laughs> <Right>? better. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of that, you know, because I, I did also struggle with I was a drum. I was a drummer. So or I am a drummer. So throughout high uh, school, I'd be tapping and I'd be moving and they try to get me on medication for ADHD and all this other stuff. So and my parents are like, no, like he's just little boy and he wants to go outside and he wants to run around like you know we don't need to put him on medication and stuff so there was a lot of that and my yeah. teachers would all do this to me no matter what it was and it was really interesting to hear because growing up my parents were i commend them because they were the opposite they're like hey you can do whatever you want you know and that's why they pushed me to do music and everything else even though i wasn't making any money they're like go for it you got this and so as time progressed I, growing up, it was like, well, they said I can't do this and that. And then when I got into this industry, I was like, sales, like, I can't do that. Like, I can't talk in front of people or like, you know, I need to be working on a desk and like not talking to people. That's what I was always told. Right. That would be a traditional management way to think of things like, what is this person's weakness? Now let's play to their strength. And they would see stuttering as a weakness. And instead of giving you an opportunity to grow, right. they would have stunted your growth in that. So, totally. I mean, and my father-in-law was like the opposite. Oh, you're going to be great at this. You speak well, like, you know, this and this. And I was like, really? Okay. And he, all he did was like, feed me like positivity. And I just kind of was like, okay. And then it's so funny because then I talked to my parents about this not too long ago. And I was just like, who knew that I'd be like talking to people on a podcast or like going up in front on the stage, like, you know, and they're just like, yeah, who know? Who knew? And there's so many people that comment to me now. I, I met a guy the other day and he goes, your voice is like, I would like have you narrate for me. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, wow. Like, but you know, and that's why I like started to just make content and I, I just talked in front of my camera and I just did it. And I don't know, there was this weird confidence that I had in myself that I was just like, who cares if I stutter, I stutter, you know, and it was just what it was. And I think now to answer your question, Ash Long, I built a bridge, I built a freaking clock on this, but um, <laughs> I think now, especially seeing what I was told then, like if you look at the 16 or 17 year old me to now you know, man, I've done so much that I was told that I was never going to do. And so I'm like, even, okay, taking over the agency, I'm petrified, right? There's so much there that, oh my gosh, like I'm terrified to like take over the team. And like, are they going to want me to take over? Like, there's so much unknown, but I'm like, man, there was so much unknown the first time, like I got on that stage and it ended up really, really well. And I was so glad I did it. And so there's just, there's been multiple occasions to where it was like really hard. It was really scary. And I just kind of just did it because of the speech or it was because of whatever it was. And so I'm like, shoot, bring it on. I'll just try it all. We'll see if I fail or not. And I don't mind failing because I'll learn from it. And, you know, and so I am, it really did help me. And that's why I try to tell other kids that I see, you know, my kids when they were really little stuttered a lot. And I was like, oh, here it comes, both of them. And I was like, oh no. You get scared? A little bit, just because I know how kids are at school. And I was like, okay, oh. I hope they have the resilience I did but I can't assume they will. Um, and my wife's like, okay. And I looked at her, I was like, Ooh. but it, I, they grew out of it really quickly. They were only, they only had it for a brief moment. Now they're, they don't have it at all, but you know, it, so it, it is a little scary and it is something that I think, I guess is more common than I thought, you know, um, I've been seeing it more and more other places. And like I said, I've had clients reach out to me because their, their kids have it. And, you know, so I just try to help encourage wherever I can. and. 
you know, hey, and like I said, we have this little community in our city and I go there every now and then and I talk to the kids or I talk to the adults and, you know, they're like, you're in sales. Like, that's terrifying. And I'm like, I know it was terrifying for me in the beginning, too, but it got easier. You know, terrifying for people without stuttering. I mean, I still get scared half the time, so I, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. So as we wrap up, do you know, are you familiar with stutteringhelp.org? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have some cool. More, yeah. Yeah. They've got a, a ton of great resources on there. They've got a great FAQ. And I don't even remember if this is where I found the information, but I've been poking around on it. They've got a lot of resources on there that not only relate to kids, but parents with kids, teens, adults, business people. I mean, there's like a category for every single person because you're not just going to stay a kid with this with a, a stuttering or a speech disability, you're eventually going to grow up. Kids turn into adults. Sure. <laughs> and we've got to have resources too. Not everything can be about kids all <laughs> right. the time. So that's a great resource if you are affected by yeah. this communication disorder. But so, and it's really interesting that you said you were a musician because the longest list of people with a stuttering disability were musicians. Um, so not, okay. So current president Joe Biden, of course he was not a musician, but he is affected by stuttering. And then infamous British prime minister, Winston Churchill was also affected by stuttering. And now here come your musicians, Elvis Presley. Wow. Phoebe King, one of my favorites, but he was affected by stuttering. And then two of the most well-known voiceover actors, as well as actors, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson and James Earl Jones. Wow. Who knew? Right? I had no idea. Like some of the most iconic voices that you hear in your head from commercials and voiceovers and freaking Star Wars, Darth Vader. <laughs> like, yeah. These people, even though they had a speech disability, they still leaned into that is their strength. That's wow. crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Very interesting. And maybe that's, I, I think that, I don't know. I feel like that's the reason I've gotten better with my stuttering over the years, because I'm putting myself in situations to where I'm trying to get myself to speak better, right? I think maybe, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I think if I were to just sit at a desk and not talk to anyone and never have done it, I think it wouldn't have gotten, or my speech wouldn't have improved as much as it did. Because I think over the years, I really tried to work on it. Because I was like, I have to talk to people. I have to lead this team. I got to do this. I got to talk in front of these people. I got to try to work on it, you know? And I just always kind of- I wonder if that comes from being told constantly as a kid that you couldn't do it. And so now you've got it in your head. Like, I'm going to do it because- why not? Or you suck and I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be. And my parents were always supportive. You know, I just remember as a kid, the only thing my dad would say, because I'd get really excited and I'd be like, dad, 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 and, and I'd start stuttering and he'd be like, I just remember every time, slow down, Taylor, what do you, what do you, what are you wanting to say? And I'd be like, dad, 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 slow down, you know, and that's what he'd always say. And every time I'd take a breath, dad, I wanted to say, and I'd say it all fine. And I noticed like, okay, it was like, really excited and that was when i started to figure out as a little when i was younger like what are the times that would really trip me up like that and that's kind of when it was my parents were always encouraged they were always very concerned but they were always encouraging of me and like you got this you'll do whatever you need you know which that is nice that explains why you stutter over the word deductible because you get so freaking excited <laughs> to talk about deduction <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's awesome taylor is <laughs> 
Um, it's been fun. It's been eye-opening. I've enjoyed listening to you talk and yeah. let us, you know, say awkward things and um, ask awkward questions to explore being a professional with a speech disability. Is that what you call it? Do you call it a speech disability or what do you what do you say? I've always said it's a speech impediment, but like, I don't know. I don't know the right terms, you know, to be honest. I just, I stutter. The right I terms guess. are whatever feels right to you. I think everybody with the same disability yeah, yeah. is going to. I always just say, you know, if I tell someone, oh yeah, I stutter. Like, I, I, I don't really use like a more formal term. I just, you know, oh yeah, I stutter. Or yeah, I've always stuttered my entire life. Or, you know, that's kind of how I've used it. And yeah. It's been, you know, it's been a journey, but it's fun. And sometimes it's still days I get super frustrated about it. And I just kind of want if anyone listens and they do it, there are days where I get super frustrated and I get irritated because I'm like, I just want to say this freaking word. And it why isn't it coming out as easy as it should? And, you know, there are those days <clears throat> or if I'm making a video or I'm talking like this and I'll go back and I'll listen to it. I'm like, ah, you know, man, I wish I just said that smoothly. But it's a part of who I am. And I think nowadays everybody and everyone around me knows, and you know, I just didn't embrace it. Yeah. And I think, I think you don't, I know you don't need to hear this because you're a prime example of, well, you know what, maybe you do need to hear it. Cause sometimes I feel like I don't need to hear things, but I secretly want to hear them. What you just said, when you watch a video and you, you watch it, you replay it and you say, man, I wish I could have said that smoother before the last podcast that we did together. And and I had met you in person. We didn't talk very long, but it was there. We met in person once. Then I was on the podcast. I never would have known that you had a stuttering problem, like to the to the extent that it was. We all get excited. I always I stumble over my words, but it's like you know, it's just one off things. So just give yourself some grace, because I guarantee you, if you sent me the video that you recorded and I watched it and I had not known, I would have been like, that was fine. What are you talking about? So I so right. for you and for anybody else listening that is dealing with any sort of issue. You got to give yourself grace. You're your toughest critic and stop, stop, you know, doing yourself a disservice by saying this wasn't good enough because I guarantee you everybody's going to think it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And absolutely. I think I obviously we are all our own toughest critic. And every time I do get frustrated and like for anyone listening to this, you will get frustrated. But then like you, like you said, Ash, my wife or anyone that I can show in the office, anybody online, they're like, like I just did that speaking event and I was, I filmed it and I was like, oh gosh, I came across these words and everyone watched it. They're like, you did awesome. What are you talking about? You know? And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> so yeah. So give yourself a break. That is some, that is something I think is really important for people, for people, especially that are maybe younger and that are struggling with this, especially like, you know, give yourself that break because it's something that can over time improve. And if not, it makes you kind of who you are, you know? Yeah. I agree with that. Ashley, thanks so much for giving him just the the compliments that you unsolicited did. Unsolicited advice. Yeah, the unsolicited advice. Yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like we are all our own worst critics. Thank you so much for being here, Taylor. I am so happy that we got to have this conversation with you. Any last words, any words of advice to anyone listening who might be affected by stuttering or any other type of challenge? No, well, thank you guys for having me on and thank you for giving that platform for the people that struggle with it. Cause I know it's not something that's talked about a lot. And the only thing I think I would end it on is like Ash was saying, just give everyone that struggles with it, give yourself the break and, and just work on it as best as you can, but don't hold, don't be too hard on yourself through it. And especially if they're, if, if you're younger and you're in college or you're around peers and they do make fun of you or tease you on it, 
laugh with them at it and i promise you it'll it'll die down because the the more and more you get affected by it those mean people those rude people that decide to make that as a joke the more you just brush it off and ignore it the less it'll happen and it'll not affect you as much as it should so thank you guys for having me thank you so much toodles bye toodles Thanks for hanging out and listening to another Awkward Insurance Conversation. If you haven't already, be sure to join the Awkward Insurance Facebook community. We have an amazing group of people on there. And for more episodes, head over to the National Alliance website at scic.com. Now go forth and be awkward. Toodles. Mm, That's awkward. (laughs) 